Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. How do you set the stage for a read when you're in the booth? On today's show, voice actress and singer Aiden Dawn joins us to share her perspective on what you need to know to create an environment in your booth that will help you to do the best auditions possible. Welcome to the show, Aiden. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, you already know Stephanie, but I've been listening to the Voices podcast for forever, like since I started doing voiceover. So it's really amazing and exciting. And I'm only geeking out a little bit here. <laughs> oh, so, oh my God, it's just such a pleasure to have you here because honestly, like, you know, I've been watching your Twitter too. That's one of the reasons why we're here. And I must mm-hmm. say Aiden has the most epic Twitter threads. If anyone is <laughs> looking at that, um, just goes into so many different topics that are relevant to career and what you should be thinking about and the things that maybe you didn't even know you should be thinking about. So, um, you know, before we get going, I just wanted to let people know that I've also been watching what you've been doing. Uh, and, uh, but we're here to talk about environment. That was the main, you know, yeah. there are a couple of different Twitter threads and you're going to come back for another episode on, on some other tips. Um, but for <laughs> this one, is it's the booth and the environment. So, um, Aiden, can you tell us what you mean by the environment in your booth? Yeah. So environment and acting is everything around you that has the ability to affect you. So this encompasses what we see, hear, feel, who and what we interact with. And for me, it's it's really anything outside of my character that is in the scene with me. Okay, so that's, yeah, that, that's a lot. You know, yeah, it's it. very <laughs> encompassing. Yeah, right. And so we're going to talk about how to create an environment, how to build one. Um, so now that we understand the environment is literally anything that is around us, and, and but it really does start with the script, or I would think, or the job mm-hmm. posting. That, that's what gives you the building blocks so that you know what to do. You know, voice actors have to know who they are, what they're doing, why they're doing, who's the audience. Um, so, uh, you know, Aiden, what clues does the script hold and how can we find them? And, you know, in other words, what does a voice actor actually need to know? I love this question. <laughs> so the answer is the script holds so many clues that we can use in so many wonderful ways. I'm of the mind that the actor needs to know everything that is on the page or posting. So, you know, if you if it weren't important, it wouldn't be there. And if we're going along with the theme of environment and how we analyze here, putting a focus on the lines of characters that are not your own or actions and descriptors in the text, these are parts of the environment that will help inform our choices. So it's a great way to see the full picture and often tells you who your character is better than your own lines do. We can find the why or the purpose of what our character is doing based off of environmental factors that the writer gives us. And this goes for job postings, too. So take commercial work, for example. We can find so many useful hints within the company that we're auditioning for. Knowing your client, the kind of work they produce, and what types of reads they look for is an important step to any audition. So take the time to watch previous commercials, read their mission statement on their website, and learn about who they are before recording anything. It works wonders, and I swear they notice. (laughs) Yes, I think they do, especially if you say their name correctly or incorrectly. They will (laughs) notice. Good for you. So Aiden, now that we know everything, well, almost everything that we would ever need to know about how to set ourselves up for an audition. Um, How do we go about building an environment piece by piece? I know that's something that you've emphasized in the past. Yeah. Uh, Personally, I really love to write it out like a a bit of descriptive text. Um, This isn't always necessary for shorter works, and everyone does it in their own way, but I will do this especially for character roles. So the first thing I do is figure out where my character is in regards to the space they are physically in. So are they standing in the middle of a small room? Are they sitting underneath a tree? Are they floating in the ocean? I place myself. Then I start to explore and build beyond where my character is. 
what and who exist around me, the more detail, the stronger the picture you have to connect to. So to be clear, I never add any details that change the crucially important story (laughs) we've been given by the writers, but I use their work, the given circumstances, that's, you know, big term in, in, in acting, the given circumstances. What are your given circumstances? I use those to create a space to live in. The point of this exercise is not necessarily to give context for relationships between characters or even answer any specific questions concretely, but it's simply to put a picture in our minds that, that we can use. So the whole piece would be a little long, but I wanted to include a condensed version of what I write when I'm exploring my surroundings um, for context. In this excerpt um, that I wrote, the, the scene is about two young adults who are coming to terms with the fact that the world is ending. <laughs> oh, okay, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so here's, here's what I wrote. We are lying on an old, damp mattress with a tarp and a couple layers of blankets protecting it. We've got a couple of pillows, and an open bag of Cheetos sits in between us. We are both looking up. I hear June's left hand crinkle in the bag as she grabs a fresh handful and starts munching. It's a mild night. Not too hot, not too cold. 10 p.m. There's a bit of wind up here, but it's not bad for a city rooftop. To the left of us is an old air exhaust vent, and by our feet is a rickety metal fire escape, which leads down to the street. There There isn't a cloud in the sky, and the stars are actually a little visible from here. I hear some sirens and faint horn honking in the distance. But for the most part, this place is peaceful, which we don't get a lot of. Peace. We're both breathing it in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That, so, I was going to say, if you spend that much time on each audition, my goodness, <laughs> you're going to have to, like, fact, I, I'm sure you don't go into that much detail for everything you do, Aiden. Not and, for everything. And I can't say it. I, I gave up Cheetos, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, it did kind of make me want one. Um, but, yeah. you know, that is, like, really intricate. Like, what mm. you've created is this whole world um, yeah. down to the most minute details of their surrounding. <laughs> Yeah. You know, not necessarily about, as you say, um, anything other than just what is happening in, you know, in front of the character you are in the periphery and, and who might be around them, you know, what, what those people might be doing. Um, you know, like, I think that's, that's really, really interesting. So how, how does painting the picture, um, what does that do for you as an actor? Like how, how, because I, I think you do like to visualize, mm-hmm. you've, you've kind of suggested this in your tweets uh, about just kind of putting yourself in a, in a place. Um, but, but is that having that level of like verbal or written granularity, um, <laughs> do, how does that make your performance better? So I find what this type of writing does for me, especially when I'm working on those larger character roles, is it gives me something tangible. So pushing yourself to actually paint the picture makes it more real for you because it's coming from you and you are actively inserting yourself and your authenticity into the role when you take that step and write those words. And when we write it out, we can better walk through it in our minds. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And we can pick and choose what we include. Like, it's it's up to you. But the goal is to write how you write in your own way so that you can picture it. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I also am just thinking of uh, a past episode with with Leah and Nick, where we were talking about <laughs> writing things down and the importance <laughs> yeah. of doing that. I and I know you're, you're a fan <laughs> of that as well. So it, it just seems like the actual physical act of writing something out, even a description mm-hmm. of, of where your character is and what you're doing and, and maybe what they ate for breakfast that morning. Um, you know, you're actually like, Getting it more into your body, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think it's just another one of those things where um, I think when uh, Nick said if you write something down, you're more likely to remember it. And the same, maybe there's a, a muscle memory or something that comes from doing that when you're in character, too. 
Totally. And, and with anything, like the more you practice something, the the more you feel it. And, and yeah, your muscles literally remember the act. So yeah, that's what I like to do. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, because I know that there's some uh, cerebral kind of stuff going on here where we're like <laughs> thinking things through and, and whatnot. But there's also the more kinesthetic side where we're, you know, the active part. So I like that there's some active activity <laughs> in there too. Yeah. Uh, so for, for some people who aren't, you know, necessarily as, um, you know, thoughtful in the same introspective way as someone might be if they like to, you know, really write things down, do exercises like that. Um, is there a way that we can do that with physical items like props or decorating the studio in some way to, to set the stage for the environment? Yeah, I mean, I think well, ultimately you have to use what works for you. For me, I wouldn't personally use a prop and, and I might not necessarily recommend it with like if I'm teaching someone my methods, but um, I tend to encourage actors to to lean into the imagination um, because you have to build that muscle in the industry. But there are exceptions. Like I myself used a prop recently for a submission to a voiceover competition, but that was for a visual bit because they specifically requested videos. But if it's something that works for you, whether you just put it in the booth to look at or if the prop helps you helps it feel more real for you, as long as you aren't interrupting, one, your mic placement, two, you aren't making noise in the booth, and three, the sound engineer is able to get a clean recording out of you, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sound thing. I was saying, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a, no, I wouldn't call myself clumsy, but I <laughs> tend to use my hands a lot. And, uh, you know, like you can see, obviously me, Aiden, right now, there's, yeah. there's nothing on either side. And I think that's by design. Jeff has done this, so I don't hit yeah. something, uh, but, you know, or make a noise, which is more <laughs> likely what it is. Uh, but that, that is a very good point because it, you know, even what you're wearing, like some people are like, oh, I'm, I'm a pirate or something in this. I'm going to dress <laughs> like when it's like, well, don't wear your jangly jewelry. Like don't, <laughs> yeah. don't have a parrot in there who's going to like talk, um, you know, unless it's part of the bit. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's just kind of, you have to be thinking of those things because you can go overboard perhaps with uh, getting too much into a scene and lose yourself and forget what you're doing too, I imagine. Yeah. You know, speaking of a pirate, I actually, I once had an audition for a video game that was a pirate role. And what I did for my two takes is I went on Google and I found pictures of two very different types of pirates that I liked in animation styles I liked. And I had those pictures in front of me. So when I was referring to one character, I was that one and the other one was the other. So if you need that that visual in front of you, that's an option too, and it's fun. <laughs> well, that's great, and it also helps you to separate the characters, as you said. Like, there's mm -hmm. distinct voices. You might be in a show or auditioning for multiple roles, you know, mm -hmm. in, in something, and you don't want to have, uh, you know, the same voice or the same kind of approach to each one. So um, I'm guessing those pirates were very different in their own <laughs> yeah. way, um, but that, that's really interesting. Well, thanks for sharing that, because people do connect more to images in some cases, or, mm -hmm. or like you're trying to do the real person read, or someone who is the guy next door, the girl next door, you're going to be looking at someone that you love, perhaps like a picture of a family member and, and just talking to them. And that's more mm -hmm. natural, right? So, um, you know, it isn't just about getting into character, this whole building environment, it could help you in any kind of voiceover you're recording, because you do need to remember that you are a character of some kind, you're playing a role, be it, you know, an educator, or you're a spokesman, or you're something in, in this kind of great big happy voiceover world that we live in where you could literally be you know like a talking squirrel or you could be I don't know like a politician or or something else so as we know um the voice actor's body is also their instrument so we're talking about music physicality movement environment 
Um, you know, in order to get into character, sometimes people need to move around a bit. Um, so what role can physicality play in building the environment? Um, it can play a big role. Uh, first of all, don't even get me started on how important it is for our bodies and instruments to be physically awake before we start recording. That's a whole other thing. But in terms of how we use our bodies when we're creating a character, there's so much we can do if we're thinking smart about it. So in our bodies, we have to account for things like pace of movement, level of comfort and posture. Did you just finish a workout and are you vibrating with endorphins and excitement? Or did you just finish the most exhausting workout of your life and do your legs feel like literal pillars of jelly? Is it really brutally cold and are you hunched forward and shivering as your breath is hitching trying to get the words out? Uh, did you just tell a lie and are your eyebrows raising and is your voice probably creeping upward? Are you trying really hard to open a jar of pickles and are your abs fully engaged and teeth gritted, huffing and puffing? So, like, there are plenty of ways and these are perfect examples that call for our bodies to be involved. So, of course, we have we don't have a ton of space in the booth, but yeah. uh, it takes getting used to working with that space. But we can absolutely play physically. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that's important is because your body's your instrument, you got to move, you got to <laughs> breathe, right? Yeah. You need to have some, Oof, some <laughs> means of, of getting And for a lot of people, again, it's the muscle memory, it's the mm -hmm. movement, it's the bringing something, you know, um, from a physical sense that, that helps them get into the character itself, especially if there's there's something about that character, like they've got a limp or, or they, they have a dentures or there's any mm -hmm. number of other things that, that might a physical trait might influence how someone speaks. Um, so mm -hmm. another good one to think about but I love that the whole posture thing everyone's mm -hmm. got to sit up straight shoulders back you know like <laughs> inquire was always sit on the edge of your seat and it's like I don't think I yeah. sit on any chairs properly now because I've got the <laughs> choral training that tells me to sit on the edge of my seat mm -hmm. um but you know these these things are important posture for sure um Absolutely. so you know yeah like if I had to guess here Aiden um not only does posture play a role but but personality plays a role in how we build our environments too. So um, would you say that there's a difference um, for how an introverted actor would create an environment versus an extroverted actor? Um, yes. <laughs> um, personality plays a huge part in how we build environment. But I think regardless of introversion or extroversion, the environments we create are going to be vastly different, just like person to person, human being to human being. There are a bazillion different ways our minds work. And I think that's the point. There's there's no one right way to do it. The whole purpose of visualizing your environment is discovering how you would represent the character, how you would see the world presented on the page in front of you. That's what casting wants from you. <laughs> um, so I don't think there's a wrong way to do it as long as by the end you have a better idea. And I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I like that answer because part of me is thinking, oh, the introverted actors are probably sitting there writing out tomes of things that they're going to prepare and mentally get into their mind palace and all that. You know, this is where yep. my mind goes because I'm not an introvert, but I know many. Um, but, you know, as an extroverted actor, it feels so much more like physical, right? Like everything's yeah. outside of yourself. So um, when I when I think about that, I was just curious. But I but what it really comes down to is you just bring what you are bringing because that makes you different. And as you had pointed out, it's really the casting folks that care the most about what's going on with your interpretation versus someone else's, and and they want the absolute best from you for sure. They yeah. do. Um, but if you do something that's kind of like um, I've heard comments from people. I think it might have been David Goldberg. I'll have to go back and listen. <laughs> but David, if it wasn't you, maybe you'll adopt this anyway. Uh, but the whole idea that a bunch of talent receive the same 
spec, the same direction, same whatever. And they literally, they took this spec and they they just, they did it all the same way. It's almost as yeah. if they had a meeting and said, how shall we do this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and they, they went and they did it. Um, but, you know, you need to bring something that is uniquely you to every read that you do and the characters and all that. Um just like just thinking about how important it is uh, that yes, you prepare as an actor, but you got to leave some room for some fun. You got to mm-hmm. also be thinking, well, you know, maybe something cool will happen in this, or or I should keep that taken that I didn't think I would do, or, or who knows. So uh, I think that that's important. But preparing, it's 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 like the little fun bits that you can do on your own. Um, now that all being said, what is one thing like? Let's say someone doesn't have a lot of time to prepare. And they're like, oh, you've got an audition, you're being called in. Maybe it's even an in-person one. Ooh, you know, scary, scary, <laughs> you're being brought in. Um, what can they do if they're given, let's say, two hours notice that they have this big audition coming up and they have to, as you say, create an environment, build in what that looks like? Um, what what can they do when they don't have a lot of time to prepare, but it's a really important audition? Um, so I would say, first of all, don't get tied up in the fact that you think you have to read it out loud and and like the words will come in your body if you know them. But if you let yourself panic and you're like, oh, I just have to read it out loud a bajillion times, that's not going to be the most beneficial to you. I always like to read my scripts several times, top to bottom um, with like just in my head. You know, uh, if you read something out loud before you're ready and before you understand what's going on in the scene, naturally, you build a pattern. And we don't want to build that pattern before we know what's going on, because then we're using the wrong inflection and and we're not fully making sense. So I I like to read it uh, a couple of times, at least, um, without reading it out loud. Um, And then I ask myself a few crucial questions and maybe write out a couple, couple of notes about it on the page. So what can I physically feel right now? Temperature, objects, the ground underneath my feet, something to root me. And then what has just happened that is affecting me emotionally? Um, and then the third one would be, what do I need from the other person in the scene? Or for commercial work, how am I hoping to affect my audience? Those are very good tips. There's nothing worse than reading something out loud and it getting stuck the way you did it and you did it wrong. You know, that's even worse, yeah. right? If you say something incorrectly and and it's like, oh, that's going to get locked in. So, um, and it, it probably is never a, a horrible thing to ask for guidance from, if you are in person mm-hmm. with someone, you say, well, can you please confirm the the way that you say this word? Because mm-hmm. if it's important, I want to honor that. I want to get it right. Um, and then you're also, as you say, you're not mispronouncing it ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's one thing that would always get me. I, I just I just go back and I think there's one episode of this show where I was reporting on the news and I said someone's last name wrong and I, I said it wrong so many times. <laughs> and, you know, it, it doesn't like, you know, it's in the back of my mind, like, I will never do that again. Um, but, but you know, that's one of the things that you learn. Sometimes this is a, just a process, you know, and you won't get it right every time. And, and it's, you have to be patient with yourself. Yeah, you have to be OK with making the mistake for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. All right. So, um, you know, Aiden, it's been an absolute delight to have you here. Like we're yeah, going to have you back, obviously. And just before we go, um, could you tell everybody where they can find you and, and especially what your Twitter handle is? Yes. So you can find me on Twitter at... Aiden underscore Dawn. That's A-I-D-E-N underscore Dawn. Um, And then Aiden Dawn on LinkedIn. And I've got a handy dandy contact form on my website (laughs) at aboutthevoice.biz. Just all one word about the voice. 
Uh, and you can email me at aidendawn at the, about the voice biz to get in touch with me about voiceover coaching or voiceover. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Aiden. It was a real treat. Yeah, thank you. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you very much for joining me today. And thank you to our special guest, Aiden Dawn, for sharing her tips for building an environment to make your reads more believable as you bring the written word to life. For Voices, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. Vox Talk is produced by Jeff Bremner. Thank you for listening to Vox Talk. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with your VO friends and give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts so that others can find Vox Talk and benefit from the show too. And that's all for now. We'll see you next week. Thank you again for listening to Vox Talk. A couple housekeeping items for you. We'll be taking a holiday break to spend some time with our families. So the next time you'll hear a new Vox Talk episode will be Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. So that's the first week of the new year. We'll be right back with an amazing episode. And also, we're going to invite you to tea time. I know so many of you were watching our Instagram and Facebook posts, and uh, I think it's, it's about time. We need to do a live. We need to get together and have a grand old voiceover tea party. So you will get more on that in the new year. Keep watching your social channels. And in the meantime, I'm wishing you and yours a joyous holiday season, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. <laughs>